Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. It is that time again, time for guys of a certain age. We hope you made it through Thanksgiving without bloodshed, too much pumpkin pie, too much turkey, too much cranberry sauce. Robbie Covington Studio with Art Shirley, Jay Reed. Sounds like Jay didn't make it through Thanksgiving as uh, as quickly as the rest of us did. He sounds he's like he's got a little of that that Thanksgiving um, tryptophan yeah, hangover. Yeah, and that's it. That's Turkey it. causes brain damage. Yeah, <laughs> Dane Bramage. Dane brain damage. Dane Bramage. Dane Bramage. So um, uh, we hope everybody had a good holiday, and uh, we're we're sprinting to the finish of the year. We've got four weeks left, give or take, until January one. So. Uh, Let's jump into a new episode of Guys of a Certain Age. So, Geeks of the Week, who wants to go first? I'll go first again. Go of, for it. Of course. Uh, yeah. Go first well, for it. Age. Age before hotness. Right, Jay? <laughs> right. Oh, that's a call back to last week's episode. Don't you wish your pharmacist was hot like Jay? Uh, saw a movie, actually took a little break from Disney+. Plus. We're kind of doing the marathon Disney+, Plus for a while, but took a break from Disney+, Plus and went over to Amazon Prime and found a movie that's called Chris Claremont's X-Men, and it's a documentary about the time that uh, uh, comic book writer Chris Claremont oversaw the uh, X-Men. And for those that don't know, and I know Robbie does, but... Uh, <laughs> Jay? Uh, Chris, I mean, even though uh, the... Uh, X-Men were created by Stan Lee and, and Jack Kirby. Uh, they really didn't hit their own until Chris Claremont came to, came on board. And Chris uh, Claremont was kind of the defining yeah. um, creative creator of, yeah. of the X-Men. The, writer, artist? He was part? a writer. He was a writer. He was a writer. Yeah. And uh, worked on him for kind of an unprecedented run of uh, 17 years from 74 to wow. 91. Was involved with there. Uh, and really changed... Um, like I said, it certainly changed the X-Men, but also I think was influential in just the way comics were written and stories were developed and characters were developed because uh, his uh, his stories were very much character driven, took the idea of the X-Men as uh, outsiders and really uh, expanded on that. Uh, it's an interesting uh, documentary. Like I said, it's on uh, Prime Video, or maybe I didn't say it was on Prime Video, Amazon Prime Video. Uh, and uh, they talked to Louise so that, Simonson, who is... So that uh, means it's free if you've got Prime. Yeah, free if you've got Prime, yeah. So that's mm -hmm. what... No, yeah, like I said, had we not even talked about it here, I would have suggested you watch it because I think you'd be interested in it. Uh, talks about his work with all, uh, with the artists that were involved, Dave Cockrum, John Byrne, who is really was the artist when I was... That's, mm -hmm. that's when I was collecting the series, and, and he was involved for, for quite a while with that. And then uh, uh, and other artists that followed uh, through... Um, uh, also talked to Jim Troubleshooter, who was editor-in-chief at the time. Jim Shooter. <laughs> That's right. And apparently they had a lot of run-ins on stories. Jim um, Shooter, who was the, uh, wasn't he the editor when they tried the new universe? Uh, tried the new mutant stuff. and No, all that. no, 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 the new universe stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. it wasn't Starlin, it was Shooter. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's, and, and, and Shooter's an interesting guy, too. He started writing comics when he was 13 years old, actually getting a check for writing comics. And uh, they called him, and he was 14, and they said, well, can you come up to New York and we need to 
to talk to you about it. And he goes, well, I'm not sure if I can get out of school. And he said, how old are you? They thought he was in college. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm 14. And they said, put your mom on the phone. It's very interesting. But um, a lot of good people on the show talking about the history of the things. Uh, Claremont's time really kind of came to an end. He was working on the X-Men cartoon and expanded into several spinoffs. And he was trying to oversee all of these. And then um, in the early 90s, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, some of these other artists came on board with Marvel and, and were uh, the new hot thing and, and kind of uh, eventually pushed Claremont out of uh, the X-Men. Uh, but it was very interesting. It was a, it just uh, a neat look into the workings of Marvel Studios uh, during the 70s and 80s. And, uh, and just, uh, I think, kind of given uh, Claremont his due for, for what he did with the X-Men. So Claremont came up with... Uh, Days of Future Past right. and Dark Phoenix. So, yeah, um, and they talk about the Dark Dark Phoenix saga a lot. That's very interesting. You know, oh, so that I bet. Was good. Yeah. I bet. So those were later adapted into uh, the, this last first-class run of X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. So um, to, to me, Claremont's run has never been matched on X-Men. Yeah, and really, it's hard to imagine, hard to know that it's been matched on, on any particular character. I mean, there are runs that are, and, and especially in terms of longevity, uh, 17 years on a particular on a particular uh, character or a team is just kind of you know unprecedented. But uh, there's yeah. certainly been other. I mean, I'm a huge fan of of Denny O'Neill's and what he did with uh, Batman. Uh, there's also uh, another thing that I turned to on DC Universe. There's a thing called the Batman, and they talked to Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams about uh, re resurrecting Batman after '66. But anyway. I digress yet again. Yeah. So he created Rogue, Psylocke, uh, Kitty Pride, Phoenix, Mystique, uh, a lot of those, Jubilee, a lot of those main, you know, the, the X-Men characters you think have been there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Claremont was great. I mean, I I really enjoy Claremont's run. Yeah. On yeah. And he took him from, from being, you know, kind of a, you know, just also ran comic to be in the number one book for, for many of those 17 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jay, what you got? Well, I've got, uh, you were, you mentioned to me last night as we were uh, fellowshipping at the cabin, how many different countries had listened to us. I don't, did you say Switzerland? Did, did, is anybody uh, in Switzerland yeah. listening? Yeah. Okay. So in, I ran across this the other day. In Switzerland, there's a theater and it's the Cinema Pathé. Now, Pathé, you may have seen in other places because when I saw the logo, I recognized it. They've got a cinema there that has beds in it. Yeah. There are 11 double beds. They're little nightstands. They, they, you know, you can raise the head up and, you know, get comfortable and, and you can watch your movie in the bed and blankets and everything, blanket sheets and everything. And they, they do change the sheets. There's several places where I've said that they really care about hygiene. Hygiene is very important to them. Do you just go in for a single showing or is this for like a marathon? No, it's a single movie. It's about $49 and you get sort of all the all the movie food you want. They'll let you in 30 minutes ahead of time. You can kind of start munching or whatever on all the popcorn and M&Ms and all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, in the bed. And I thought it was really interesting. And what kind of movies are they showing, Jay? It, it didn't <laughs> I say. I think that's what the question that we all have. It did not say. But it did say that uh, they assume everybody's going to behave themselves. Yeah. And my problem would be, you know, I have enough trouble staying awake. That's what my period. problem would be. I would be. Yeah. Out. I'd right. be out in about ten minutes. See, I yeah. think a better a better version of a, a a theater would be to have a bathroom in the theater. 
You know, if you, if, like if you go to the football game, with, yeah, no, because there's nothing that with no doors or anything. The experience more <laughs> Hear than me hearing out. a toilet flush, <laughs> right. or even worse, <laughs> right. you know. <laughs> wow, you really probably shouldn't have had the nachos there, Jay. <laughs> Let me clarify: a bathroom that didn't take ten, you know, two minutes to walk to, something that right, that's right there at the theater, and also has screens showing the same movie, kind of like when you go to a stadium and they have. You know, TV screens while you're watching the concessions, or you can watch a game while you're, while you're watching it. the concessions. While you're watching, that's me. That's the food guy. While I'm watching the concessions, I can see a little of the game. Look, that same hot dog is going to come back around again. <laughs> there it is. See how it's gotten plumper now. But anyway, that's not likely to happen. But but if you want to watch, roll that bed, back. Give me an instant replay on that hot dog. So I don't oh, know where that boy. voice comes from. I don't um, know what that what that is. That's Jay. That's my Jay. I mean, but sadly, this is only in Switzerland right now. Yeah. Although there's there is a, a roving um, outdoor movie deal that you can find that they bring out like air mattresses and put the like a blow up uh, screen to yeah. watch the movie um, out in the out in a field. That's about the closest thing we have. Except in Oakland, California, there's a Something called the New Parkway Theater that's got couches and tables. Did you say new or new? Just what I thought he said. <laughs> new in E W Parkway Theater. <laughs> oh man! But anyway, I, I just thought it was cool. I don't think I would would pay fifty bucks to take a nap. Yeah, <laughs> do that. At home. Yeah, wow. But it's still very interesting. We'll see how it goes. See yeah. if it lasts. So, have you ever done an Alamo Draft House before? I've similar. I don't know if it was an Alamo Draft House, but I have been to one that had tables in front of you and you could order real food yeah yeah like Elmo draft house how about you i've never been i've just something i've always wanted to do that may be a road trip right uh i think austin's the closest that i know of maybe it's austin where i saw so it may may have been that yeah yeah that's where it started from Mm -hmm. so i like i've done the you know the dinner thing like you were talking about with the uh the tables and uh and the food and stuff we usually eat dinner at tables yeah in the theater oh okay yeah okay wow i've actually had dinner at a (laughs) At uh, eaten at a table before. Have you? Yeah. At Thanksgiving, but yeah. that's the only time that's of the year. Right. So child's table. Oh, the kids' table. So my, um, I've got um, actually two geeks of the week. That oh, I, it went from none to two. Yeah, I did. I did. So um, if you're looking for something two. to binge over the holiday season as we get into Christmas, um, two series have dropped on Amazon Prime season four for both of them. One of them is the season four and series finale of Man in the High Castle, yep. yeah. which is Philip K. Dick. And uh, as we record this, this actually dropped uh, the week previous. Have not watched it yet because I'm trying to soldier through and get The Office done because I've never watched The Office and I'm almost at the end of The Office. And then um, uh, The Expanse season four is coming up. And I've told Art this. I'll tell you as well, Jay. It is the best science fiction out there right now. Wow. Uh, the Expanse, the novels are great. Um the so Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, is a huge fan of The Expanse, and um, when the show went to production for season one, uh, Sci-Fi outbid them for uh, American distribution rights. Um, Amazon Prime picked up international distribution rights, and then ended up picking up the uh, American streaming after I think a year on the Sci-Fi app. And so at the end of season three, uh, Sci-Fi said they were not going to renew, um, and they canceled it, and Amazon Prime picked it up. So it's one of their their marquee shows. Um, 
it's it's fabulous. Great character. Uh, the the characters are great. The actors are great. Um, it's realistic science fiction in and of. There's no magical warp drives or or anything like that. Um, it's it's like an extrapolation of our industrial society 300 years in the future. So, is it in our solar system or is it? Yeah. Another? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not to give too much away, but it's um, it becomes somewhat of a first contact type of show so it's really interesting the show pivots a couple times it's almost got a detective feel yeah that's what i saw at the first couple episodes i watched and yeah. i need to get back into it because i enjoyed it i just it's just something i kind of forgot and it's phenomenal and then it gets into uh, kind of a first contact type of thing and uh so i've i've read through book number seven i think mm-hmm. i'm in book number seven but it, it's great so it's dropping december 15th i believe is when it's gonna the uh, season four which is the first amazon prime produced season drops on amazon prime so uh you've got the claremont documentary you've got uh the expanse you've got man in high castle uh and the man in the high in bed yeah that's right and you don't have to pay 50 bucks an hour you know uh, unless you're in a hotel then it comes then out we're to starting be... to get in this dangerous area <laughs> yeah old yeah. theater yeah, yeah there you go but uh, man in high castle is great as well so yeah i've watched uh, the first season of that and i enjoyed that and i need to, need to pick it back up again and it it goes pretty hard sci-fi mm-hmm. um yeah it, it does uh, we we've we've caught up to where we are now we need to um i'm, I'm glad it's coming out now because that's probably something we'll binge during the holidays yeah so uh and then we also no lifetime christmas music uh, Christmas movies for you guys? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no. Hallmark. Oh, Hallmark, man. yeah. Yeah, okay. no, no, no Christmas movies. Uh, but, you know, we, we were talking here in the office. We have an interesting theory, not to give any spoiler, spoilers away on The Mandalorian. But isn't it interesting how that six-week run ends right before The Rise of Skywalker? Yes, yes. Mm. It is very interesting. I have the same kind of thought. I think that maybe y'all talked about in the in the office here that there might be some tie-in, perhaps. Maybe some tie-in between the two. Yeah, and it may so. not be anything that obviously I don't think they're going to do anything where you you have to have seen it, you know, for the the new movie to make sense. Sure. But I think it's going to be kind of I, I would imagine be kind of it's a cool gonna, payoff for the Mandalorian. I think it's going to enhance the backstory quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and just uh, we've talked. I don't know if we we haven't talked Mandalorian a lot on the on the podcast, but. I will tell you, the production value of that show is phenomenal. Yeah, we need to do it. We'll have to once the there's either the close of it or you know sometime after it's been there've been several more episodes. We need to do a podcast episode of The Mandalorian. I have spoken. I love that's what I tell <laughs> Becky's tired of hearing that already. Yeah, yeah. I kind of held it in my back pocket. My yeah. oldest son David was like. Uh-huh. I have spoken. Yeah. It's like, that's Nick Nolte's character. Yeah. I, I know. It took me, I was like, where is he? I kept seeing his name. Yeah. Like, who is, who is he? I have no spoken. Way. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, Favreau again, the, how can you bet against John Favreau? I mean, this is a guy who did clockers. He was Rudy's best friend. He directed the first Iron Man was one of the creative forces behind it. He plays happy Hogan. Yeah. He has a chef television show. I mean, kind of like everything he touches turns to gold. He he's he's kind of the uh, maybe the, a little bit more subdued James Gunn, I yeah. guess. So, but Favreau um, is the showrunner. He's written most of them. I think it's his story. Mm-hmm. And apparently, George Lucas came in and uh, did some consulting on the Mandalorian. Yeah, which is kind of cool. So, but uh, anyway, there you have it. So those are our geeks of the week. We're going to kind of diverge and go into 
how technology has failed us personally through our years. We live in a very tech-rich society. I mean, Art's got his Apple Watch. I've got my iPhone and iMac. Jay's got his MacBook Pro. Um, And technology definitely has made life better. But how has technology failed you? I think we should just turn the podcast off at this point. (laughs) Have that do for 10 minutes and come back. And so, yeah. yeah. But uh, all right, Art. You never had a loss for words. I have nothing to say. No. Uh, you know, and it's one of these, this is definitely a first world problem. It's, you know, yes. it's, it, yes. in there, we, we, we become so dependent on technology that when it doesn't work, it, rather than, you know, kind of being thankful for all the miraculous times it does work, you know, it just doesn't. And, and for me lately, uh, it's been some frustration with Apple products more so than anything else. I'm a, I'm a huge Apple uh, person that seems to be, you know, most of the products that I have. Um, but, uh, it has been kind of one thing and another, and I think it has to do a lot with some of the upgrades. Uh, I was one of those that upgraded to 13 and, and had uh, significant battery loss in, in phone afterwards. Um, they're pushing two factor authentication on me. And rather than just saying, Hey, I don't want to do that. Uh, you know, it's, it keeps coming up every time I have to, I have to enter in my, my so password every time. For Jay's mom, let's let's explain what two-factor authentication okay. is. She probably knows. She may run into it. I don't know. Yeah. For Jay, let's explain. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> mom. I was trying to be nice because folks have commented how we pick on Jay a lot. I was trying to be nice, and I guess I can't. Okay. So anyway, it, what it means is that you, you enter a password in, and then you're sent uh, some type of, of further password that you have to uh, – code number or whatever that you have to enter in through a, another device. We have it at work. Uh, you have a, a, a number that's uh, sent to you over your phone that you, you go in or you have to secure another uh, password so they know that, that you're really doing things. Um, the problem is, is that occasionally you're working on something and you don't have your phone with you mm-hmm. or the phone is somehow a, not a trusted device anymore. And uh, you're starting to see horror stories of people who are locked out of their iTunes account because they didn't keep this um this password that you're given when you first set up uh, two-factor authentication that that is supposedly the only way you can get back into that account even though if you know your security uh questions and all this other stuff people are losing you know uh hundreds if not thousands of dollars worth of content that they have uh in itunes because of that and it's just to me it seems like a, a bizarre thing to me so anyway that's what i feel like you know technology has given us this thing where everything's supposed to be easy to do and it is up into a point and then all of a sudden it's not, and it gets to be very frustrating. And I know a lot of it's security-based, and I understand what they're trying to do. But uh, when people are being locked out of their own accounts, I think we've gone too far. Yeah, absolutely. I've read some horror stories about that. Okay. So. It's, it's kind of the Microsoftification of Apple. So if yes. you guys remember as Microsoft exploded Windows 95, Windows 98, Windows XP, um, you know, their operating system was the defective operating system and they had finite resources to troubleshoot because you had all these permutations of different systems out there. So you couldn't troubleshoot every single system out there. So you released uh, operating systems and programs into the wild and bugs would come up. Then that's where you have your dot releases. I think iOS has evolved to that point where they're servicing so many different types of phones. Um, and they're all Apple hardware, but they're different chipsets, different mm-hmm. RAM. And um, and you have different apps that are installed. If you guys recall, Steve Jobs initially was very uh, hesitant to allow a third-party app uh, ecosystem in. 
Uh, he thought you could do everything via weblets, um, by, by hitting a particular web page and saving that web page as an icon on your phone. And you would just go to the, to the, to the web and get what you needed. And there wouldn't be an app that actually was downloaded and lived on your phone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that, that was a concern. There was a huge concern about opening up an app store that, um, a malicious piece of code could jump on somebody's phone that would end up propagating across the, the cell network that would, you know, cause mass hysteria and bring a cell network down. Um, so, you know, this whole ecosystem, of apps, which installs, they're, they're fairly, innocuous they're fairly self-contained but there's still pieces parts of code floating around with apps on your phone so you've got your your operating system has got to come in and not only service the hardware side but the additional software side so and i just you know apple doesn't have that many engineers to go through and and troubleshoot so i think we've seen a lot of issues with with ios and i i don't upgrade till a dot release i usually I will not take a new iOS operating system on my phone. That was redundant. iOS operating system. Yeah. Um, until like 13.1. Yeah. That's yeah. Just, and I did, I waited until even after that. But 13.1 had release issues. Oh, yeah. And that, there, I think the latest one that came out is uh, what, 13? I can't remember where we're on. 13.2.1 or something yeah, like that. It's, it's, a, it's a flavor, it's a variation of two. And they're releasing it to fix what's been wrong. And I'm thinking, yeah, I tried to do that the other night and it wouldn't even, I yeah. woke up to the message yeah. that it didn't work. So yeah. yeah. And, then on, I, and I lost my email in the process. Yeah. I'm on 13.2.2. So yeah, that's what just came out. I think yeah. uh, yesterday or yeah. Sometime this week. I feel like my battery life is better now. Just okay. a touch. So I will, uh, we've ordered new phones. We're, we're upgrading phones. And I did despite, you know, saying I'm getting rid of Apple. I thought, well, no, my Apple watch won't work then. And I can't do this. And so, like I said, I'm very much embedded into the Apple lifestyle. Uh, and, and for the most part, you know, I'm a fan of it, but, um, you know, I have one of the laptops that has the, uh, what is the, the butterfly keyboard thing yeah. that has problem with it. And, uh, there just, there doesn't seem to be the, uh, level of quality control that there was, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. So Apple's released a 16 inch MacBook pro, which looks really good. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm trying hard not to buy it. Um, but it looks really nice. They redid the keyboard and it seems like they're a little bit more responsive to customers now. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, Jake, Jake, no, you're not Jake. You're Jay. You're Jay. You're the, you're the hot pharmacist. Um, what's your take? Tech well, fail. since you mentioned that, I will. That's what I'll speak to you because I think that's the one hot of the pharmacist things, part. The hot yeah. pharmacist <laughs> part. Yep. Um, because we have gotten from a situation where in the in the earlier days of pharmacy, you were typing labels on a typewriter and you were keeping all the paper records. You know, you just kept them in a file, and now everything pretty much you have to do it on a computer. It's it's not a it's not an option anymore. And of course, anybody would do it, but. We, you can be blowing and going someday, and you know some pharmacies do hundreds and hundreds of scripts a day. And if the power goes out, or the internet goes down, or you know maybe just uh, even the insurance company their computer goes down, then all of a sudden you're you're halted, and you're not working anymore. And that's you know it, it's nice to have the computer because you've got I know this is my curmudgeon coming out. It's nice to have it because it checks your interactions and it checks your I mean all kinds of things that that do do work for you and which is you know kind of the whole idea right but if the power goes out and this happened a lot you know, when i was working uh, just down the street here 
you know, the, the cable will go out and you're done. I mean, you're, you don't, it might be cut somewhere. It might just be, you know, a glitch, but, um, thankfully we had a customer that worked for the cable company and we, <laughs> we could just call him every now and then. Cause but, you guys had cable internet. Do you, the right. cable system? We had cable internet. internet. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's great. While it's working, like you said, yeah. you know, we, we should be thankful. for. And the- again, like I said, very much first world problems. Oh, gosh. Uh, we understand as we do this episode that there are much bigger problems and we certainly aren't, you know, comparing what we've got. But this is just our curmudgeon moment to say, right. it, it, well, but this, this should work better. It's it interesting does. how dependent we are upon Internet access now yeah, as I a mean, society. Yeah. Everything has got an Internet component to it. Um, we had a power outage a couple of Saturdays ago at uh, at the bakery. And we could no longer take credit cards because we weren't able to get online to verify credit cards. Right. And so at that point, we became dead in the water. And it's just, it's crazy. Here at the studio, I've actually got two different, um, I've got two different internet providers coming in. Seaspire, we've got fiber coming in from Seaspire, and then we've got fiber coming in from MaxSouth. So the idea would be we've got redundancy if something goes down. And, um, I can route half the building is on one provider. The other half is on the other provider. So if ceasefire, if something happens with them, I'm able to pull and go, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's nuts. It's absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. How, how, you know, I remember when I first took driver's ed, um, we had our, our driver's ed professor, not professor boy. Can you imagine coach? Being, you mean, yeah, our coach. Can you imagine being a professor? A doctor. I have my doctorate in, in driver's, driver's ed. ed. So would that be EDD in driver's ed? Do- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, he made a comment. He said, if you wanted to destroy the United States from a civilization standpoint, you would go up and blow up all the highways. And that was, you know, because we are so dependent upon interstate transfer, um, transit through the interstate system. And that was so much the truth, but how much more so now, yeah. if you knocked out, you know, your, your, whatever yeah. your provider is like so, an EMP. Yeah. You, you that's what the, the, did y'all read uh, Clinton's book, the, the novel that he wrote with the main, I can Patterson, Patterson, James Patterson. I yeah. Read it. yeah. Uh, it's a good book. I mean, it's, 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 you know, typical, uh, just uh, some good summer reading if you mm-hmm. wanted to do that kind of stuff. Beach read. But that, yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the premise of that story. Somebody goes in to, to take the uh, the network down, the whole, you know, the internet down in the uh, United States. And that was the scare of Y2K. Yeah. So we were going to lose everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. And now they're trying to, and this, uh, this is just another example of, this, of the whole concept we're asking about is some of the rural, like the co-op electric companies now are trying to decide if they're going to put in fiber out right. in the rural areas and the rural areas need it. I mean, they don't have, you know, they don't have good Wi-Fi at all. And so much, again, there's so many things you cannot do if right. you don't have Wi-Fi. If you're not doing it online applications for jobs, some of them don't take a paper application anymore. You've got to do it online. And if you live out in the country and don't have Internet access, it's going to be tough. So it's, but you know, the, the coming 5g is going to help that. And as we get into rural, rural, rural rollout with 5g, I wasn't even going to try it. I yeah. was yeah. Rural, but you know, the whole idea of 5g is that it's as fast as an ethernet connection. Right. And uh, so as 5g comes along, we should be able to get much, much larger pipes, much more data over mm-hmm. the air. So, um, my gripes going back to the iOS, um, playground is i hate apps that force you to update before you can do something and the pizza ordering apps are the worst in the world because we don't order pizza a whole lot because we usually make pizza but 
you know, if I'm going to Papa John's and I've not opened the Papa John's app in three months, invariably it's like, you're using an outdated version of this app. You must update. Yeah. And it's like the whole idea of having the app to order was it was going to be fast and easy. Now I've got to do a hundred meg download and then half the time I've got to re-log in because you've lost the yeah, cookie. Yeah, because you've lost your information. That's with, what I've run into that too. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Mm. It's just, you don't need to roll out a new app every two weeks. Right. And, and so many times, uh, you know, uh, these developers will roll out a new development app, a new app every two weeks with, bug fixes mm -hmm. yeah they don't yeah whatever and so i get really tired of of providers that make you upgrade your app before you can do a simple i'm just ordering a yeah. pizza it's not national security and that's right and and, I mean, and go on. ahead and take the order and then say as soon as you've completed this order, do you want it? And because it. invariably, it doesn't matter what version of the app, they're going to get it wrong yeah. at the store. I mean, come on. I mean, so anyway, we I, had the pan pizza from Domino's thanks to the app last night, and it was very good. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. Was it good? Uh, I think Papa John's got that new Parmesan crust. Yeah, that oh, looks that was good. Kind of good, but anyway, throwback to our pizza episode. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, we haven't had lunch, so. But I, I just I hate being forced to upgrade with it, the Apple TV too. There's there's several different apps. You know, you may like for me the TCM app was one, and you know, every other week you had to log back in and go go to a website. And I'm thinking I don't want to go. You know, yeah. and you could do it on your phone, but I let me do it at least within the Apple TV. You know, don't let me have to go to another website to do it i can i can log in again here and, but and i like to control what's on my computers as well from an operating system standpoint i don't want to have a forced operating system update on me and apple's gotten to a point where they're going to service up uh security updates without your permission they yeah. have done that they have they've pushed a few things out windows is a little better but Windows will only allow you to postpone app up updates for the operating system for only so long. And it's like if I get a machine that works, I want to freeze it right mm, there right. because my my machines here in the office that are Windows are edit machines, and so they're pretty heavily controlled from an access standpoint. Don't make me upgrade. I just yeah. I want it to be Amish. I want it to be stuck yeah, in time. That's right. You know, so that that's that's my pet peeve. Again, it's a third world problem. You know, first world problem. Yeah, first world problem. I'm sorry. <laughs> Although, when I'm with you guys, I feel like I'm in a third world. Say, sometimes you know? we feel like that. Yeah. So, but it, it just don't make me upgrade. Just yeah. please, please. And, yeah. At the most inopportune times. So yeah, it's always when you have the hottest project you know, that's, that's coming up and you've got to do it and you get this thing. I'm sorry, you can't go any further because, uh, you know, you have to upgrade first or you upgrade something and it says, well, now your stuff doesn't work because your, your system and, has to be. And up. I hate subscription models for software. I hate it. Now, technically we've always only rented software. We have never mm -hmm. owned the software that we have quote purchased. We have rented it. That's what the end whether user, you're putting, whether you're renting on physical media or not. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But I hate being forced. Uh, Adobe does this with creative cloud and it's an necessarily evil because it's what we use right but man i've got i've got four seats of creative cloud here in the shop that's 240 dollars a month used to be i would only upgrade every other cycle mm -hmm. for my adobe software now i'm paying for a continuous upgrade and it's I'm, and sometimes it goes out and you feel like you're the beta tester for that absolutely so i'm, I'm getting to a point where i'm looking for 
buyout solutions, one-time purchases that we can pull in that would supplement, supplant, yeah, yeah, supplant um, uh, you know, Adobe software. Yeah. Um, I think Affinity, in terms of the public stream world, is making some nice inroads into that. Photo, uh, Affinity Photo, Affinity Designer, they've yeah. got uh, InDesign replacement coming up. I like uh, Affinity Photo a lot, mm-hmm. so but uh, it's still not Photoshop, though. It's not. Yeah, it's yeah. really not. So, but anyway, wow, those <laughs> yeah, yeah, get off my porch, That's right. <laughs> get off my hard drive, you <laughs> software. So, but uh, first world problems, tech fails. Uh, my wife called me a little bit ago. We had to stop in a recording of a podcast because the ViewSonic projector would not read the HDMI output from a macbook pro and it's like come on guys it's a common handshake mm-hmm. you know things like that just irritate me. yeah you know plug and pray i thought we were past you know that was the big thing was it not windows 98 or windows yeah, 98 that you had plug and pl- play because prior to that you had to manually install drivers and it became plug and pray mm-hmm. and i still like to manually install my drivers on a windows system because i don't quite trust windows to get the right op not they'll, the, pull, they'll pull something that's a little different than what you name yeah exactly so shout out to nvidia which i will say nvidia has done great with their drivers as we get really geeky with this they have created a no pun intended a creator's version of their drivers so their display drivers for their rtx gtx series cards have been vetted with um adobe premiere after effects um maya a bunch of 3d video apps and so you know that if you download that driver that it has been proven to work with these particular um multimedia video animation applications so that's a welcome addition and we just i just lost jay completely he's Yeah, that's it. So he's he's thinking about that bed in Sweden. That's right. Yeah, I could be in Sweden <laughs> sleeping in a bed. I could be in Sweden <laughs> sleeping in a bed, watching in Sweden, Switzerland. One of the SW. One what of those snoring. Are you are you penalized for snoring in that? Uh, there was no uh, mention of snoring. Yeah. I would imagine there's this, this whole rubric of what you can and cannot yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Walls. What? I thought for sure this would be allowed. No, no. no. I can't clip you my can toenails and wine. There's a wine glass that comes with it. So, but no wine, just a wine glass. Uh, the forty nine dollars does not include alcoholic drinks. But I would imagine the forty nine doesn't include much. You know, I'm not drinking a lot of wine or eating a lot of food in bed normally. I mean, you know, occasionally, you know. But you'll make an exception this time. Yeah, I guess uh, if it's somebody else's doing the sheets and all that stuff. <laughs> Wow, and on that note... And this is where you find Charlene, the lonesome cougar. (laughs) She's a staple. I don't know why I'm doing trying to do you a bad French accent. (laughs) It's a Switzerland. Is that who it is? Oh, man. We lost Robbie again. Yeah. Coco. Yeah. Charlie, the lonesome cougar. So, anyway, on that note, thanks for everybody who uh, tuned in, listened, downloaded. We appreciate your feedback. Uh, Comments are welcome, always. We've enjoyed the... uh, comments we have garnered across pod, podcast podbean that's what i'm podbean. trying to say podbean uh if you like what you list if you like what you hear i'll get it right eventually do you want to finish it yeah because uh, yeah. uh, yeah. i can't do it either yeah nobody if you like what stars, you hear please yeah yeah there you go uh, Jake. five Thank star you. review is what we're looking for so uh again thanks for listening and we'll see you next time <laughs>